Hello everybody, welcome to this Talking Tendons podcast. My name is Peter Meliaris. I am a, um, a academic at Monash University. Um, so in this uh, episode, I'm going to be talking about uh, something a little bit different, um, and that is the biological spring function of tendons. So um, this is um, actually coming from a paper that was published in the Journal, Journal of Experimental Biology in 2011. And uh, the lead author is uh, Thomas Roberts and the other author is Emmanuel Azizi. Uh, so this is um, probably one of, I think, the best papers that is out there that uh, talks about the muscle and tendon interaction during stretch shorten cycle. And it talks about, and it goes through systematically all of the uh, benefits of having um, having a, a tendon that basically stores energy. So um, as a preface we, uh, to this um, paper, we, we, we do know that um, there are two different types of tendons, and this comes from lots of work over a couple of decades now, but from mainly the work initially of Helen Birch, but then more recently, um, other people like Hazel Screen have talked about um, positional tendons and um, um, and energy storage tendons. So energy storage tendons, uh, tendons like the Achilles that during function they will store lots of energy just like a spring so that's why they're called biological springs but it's really interesting the way that uh, Thomas Roberts describes them uh, in this uh, paper he talks about springs i.e. a usual spring as being I think the word he uses is dumb which I found really quite cool as opposed to a biological spring which is really smart because it can basically adjust itself to it can tune itself to whatever functions you're doing. So the magnitude of, of, of strain required to make it optimally function um, can be um, can be modulated depending on the functions that you're doing. So it's it's really just a really interesting concept. Uh, but I just wanted to take you through. So, so this is focusing now on energy storage tendons, and it's focusing on their really amazing spring-like functions. Okay, so it's a really good read. If you're interested in knowing more about these biological springs, um, and the best example, particularly you know for humans, is the Achilles tendon, then this is the paper to read. Um, so. Um, what do they go through? It is a basically an opinion piece slash narrative review, um, and they go through some of the evidence. But they, they really break down really nicely um, the key advantages of having springs, biological springs like the Achilles. And these are, I'm going to summarize them for you here, these are metabolic energy conservation, amplification of muscle power output, and attenuation of muscle power input so they're the three key advantages that they talk about and um, they talk that talk about them very very elegantly and nicely a lot more elegantly than what i'm going to summarize them here so i definitely recommend you read the paper um, as well but i'm going to skip down to figure one so if you look at figure one they they, they sort of summarize it in this um, schematic illustration and it's a really nice one so they show how say you're doing something like hopping we know that 
um, what's going to happen is that you're going to have a ground reaction force when you hit the ground um, and um, what, and then that's going to be largely absorbed, a lot of that energy will be absorbed by the tendon um, and um, in that eccentric phase as you're absorbing that ground reaction force a lot of it goes into the tendon um, and then as you spring up into the concentric phase you're going to utilize you're going to return some of that elastic energy and that's going to be utilized to give you some uh to well to produce work i guess in the concentric phase of that hop so it's a really um, a good mechanism for energy conservation because a proportion and possibly around about 30 percent a third which is quite a lot of the energy requirement the work um, is uh, performed passively by the tendon um, and uh, therefore it's you know sort of very clear how that can be a really good energy saving mechanism so that's that's sort of the first one which is um, um, energy conservation or reducing work okay um, which has some real uh, implications as we can imagine especially with walking because as humans we do um, have capacity to walk and we're relatively um, I guess you could say fatigue resistant in the calf muscle when we walk and um, a lot of that uh, I, I think is down to this uh, mechanism of storing passive energy in the Achilles tendon uh, so that's that's um, an example of where this energy conservation can really be utilized uh, the second example that they talk about is then looking at uh, power amplification so they talk about power ampl amplification um, and they talk about this uh, really the key point here that i think is important is um, they talk a lot about the rate uh, of um, the rate of return of energy so so one of the things that the tendon um, enables is very fast catapult and that's a word they use in the paper um, to describe this um, tendon recoil so a fast catapult and a return of energy which uh, far outstrips the um, uh, the speed at which the muscle can uh, actually uh, contract uh, so therefore it will um, potentially amplify power because you're able to uh, perform work much more quickly and um, we know that um, if we think about power as uh, force by time so how quickly you can produce force then obviously the faster that tendon can catapult and return that energy the more powerful our human movements are going to be um, so that's that's a really nice way to think about it in terms of that rate of return of tendon stored energy the other thing they talk about which is really interesting and a really good reminder because i hadn't read this this is you know as i say this is 2012 article but definitely worth a reread every now and then um, the other thing they talk about is, is, is we're about, say, in a gait cycle, that energy is returned. Um, so uh, with a muscle contraction, um, with a muscle contraction, uh, it may not be optimal at certain points of a range to be producing force because of the length tension relationship and uh, the length tension relationship of the fascicles of the muscle 
muscle fascicles in particular. Um, they might be shortened. So for example, I'll give, you, I'll give you a concrete example of this when you're doing a push-off in gait. Um, once you go into a fair amount of plantar flexion, you've got the tendon that's recoiled and um, is shorter. You're then going to get shortening of the muscle fibers as well. And um, then towards the end of that push-off, you might be lacking a bit of energy uh, or you might be not able to produce as much um, work from the fascicles of the muscle because they're in a compromised length tension relationship but then um, you may still have some contribution from the tendon so the other way they talk about this power amplification is in filling in gaps or uh, smoothing out areas where there is um, a compromised length tension relationship from the muscle so really really fascinating um, okay so then the last um, the last uh, example of how the tendon can um, can help is um, is in power ampli uh, is in power attenuation. So what they talk about here specifically with power attenuation is that um, say you're landing from a jump, um, you're going to land with a high ground reaction force. You're going to land quite quickly. There's going to be sudden stretch of uh, muscle tendon units. Say, for example, your calf and your quadriceps. And then those muscle tendon units need to absorb that ground reaction force. And um, that ground reaction force can be absorbed um, in the muscle uh, or in the tendon. The argument they make is that the tendon or the muscle may be more um, uh, maybe more prone to injury when it is absorbing fast, sudden stretch um, contractions, fast eccentric contractions. So the um, the tendon here might play a really important buffering role in um, absorbing uh, very quickly, having the capacity to absorb these fast, sudden stretches in the muscle tendon unit. Um, maybe um, uh, with um, less um, ability to lead to injury than um, in a muscle where we get muscle tears at the aponeurosis. Um, this, 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 this is probably, I don't know, I'm not aware myself other people might be, and I'd be very happy to, for people uh, to uh, make some comments to this um, podcast, but I'm not aware of any direct evidence for that, but it um, makes sense from a theoretical uh, viewpoint. Um, but of course, we have to consider that tendons also get injured, and possibly uh, this, you know, attenuation of energy as well as stretch shorten functions for power amplification and energy conservation may be a part of the mechanisms by which they do get injured. So, um, you know, so so certainly there's there is possibly a cost to this really. Um, specialized and adaptive energy storage mechanism within tendons but you know the arguments they make in this uh, paper uh, really are clear and uh, really do present um, this function as a as a really positive adaptive functions for humans now the other thing they do do really well is go into lots of other animals and the function in other animals they even talk about uh, swimming animals and flying animals which was really interesting and the lack of energy storage there so they're, 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 these guys are biologists I'm pretty sure from Brown University um, so they're, they're, they're coming at it from a slightly different angle a more sort of um, I guess you know global uh, vertebrate perspective rather than just the human um, angle that um, 
um, you know, I would be coming at it from and a lot of clinicians would be as well. Um, so really interesting. I hope you enjoyed that. That's just a short uh, summary of that one. It is a really good paper. I will link it to the um, podcast. Um, so if you're looking for something to read uh, to brush up on Biological Springs, that is the one to read. Uh, thanks very much. See you next time.